Welcome to the Premier League Forever Forest podcast. My ducks, welcome to the forever Garibaldi side of the Trent Focus Gazette all over the world. Darren Fletcher cast. Uh, I am Kieran Curtis. I've had a silent coup, got rid of uh, Ryan Freebury for the week. Uh, alongside me, I have got three people who are very eager to chat all things Nottingham Forest. First and foremost, we head to this nation's wonderful capital. Hello, Holly Royal. How are you? Evening. Very good, thank you. Very good. After that weekend, very good, Holly. How dare you? Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling positive. I'm trying to anyway. Well, good for you. Good for you. We'll see if that vibe extends around the entire room. Over to Nottingham, Lisa Fox. How are we, Lisa? I'm good, thank you. I'm good. I'm yeah. just about over Saturday and now we're going to revisit it. Yeah, it's good how we do that. We we allow everyone to really get their thoughts together. Uh to sleep on it, perhaps. Uh, and then over to the US of A, USA, USA. It is Dan White. Dan, welcome back, mate. How are we? Very well, thank you. Just comfort eating my way through the week till the next game. Yeah, Dan showed us what he's eating uh, before we started the podcast. He's only gone and burnt his mac and cheese. Poor show in, Dan. Homemade. It's not like out of a box or anything. It's actual, you know, well, I say homemade grate some cheese on some pasta that's it's still homemade isn't it i've been seeing a lot of things on on social media this week particularly about costco mac and cheese apparently it's it's all the rage uh i don't know whether they do that in the uk might have to go try and find out anyway i'm delaying the inevitable because it was a particularly painful uh weekend for forest fans uh we went down one nil at home to everton and the fallout of that game has been pretty uncomfortable, I'd say, for most people involved with the club. Uh, relatively difficult to put a positive spin on the performance. That's absolutely for certain. The club, we do find ourselves 15th in the table. We are still six points above the drop zone. Uh, I think let's just have a little bit of a, a group therapy session, guys. Let's vent. Let's get it off our chests. I don't know if anyone wants the talking stick first. Does anyone want to go first and feel like sharing? Any volunteers? I'll just pick on someone if someone doesn't dive in. Lisa, I'm going to you, mate. What? What's... I knew it was. I knew that was coming. Yeah. Um, what? What, was, what? What? The vibes. It was just one of those performances that you look back on and think, "What the heck are we doing here?" Um, when you look back at Villa two weeks ago, you know, you you thought that was the that was the point that we were going on that upward trajectory and. That was going to be the turning point. You know, we we did everything right that game and did everything wrong on Saturday. We played to almost, almost into Sean Dyche's hands. At the end of the day, he knows Forrest better than anybody. Um, and having watched them last season when he was out of a job, he knows how to set up. And, and, and we just didn't have a game plan that counted it. You know, the first two or three minutes, I was actually sat there thinking, you know, we, we looked lively. Um, but then it was just like a damp squib and it just went to piffle and there's there's one or two players that come out of, out of it with a little bit of well, quite a lot of credit to be fair um the rest of them it's for me we didn't have 
the desire, the passion, um, and it it came from the came from the off, um, really, and and it was the worst performance I've seen for a couple of years, really. I think the minute I saw the team, I wasn't feeling too enthused. Not because of any lack of ability for for any of the names on that that list, but just had a feeling that Chris Wood as the focal point of that attack wasn't gonna provide enough challenge uh, to to an Everton centre-back pair and that, you know, they're not actually the most mobile. There were points in that game where they drifted so far up the pitch and they were just waiting really for us uh, to, to break on the counter. So I was surprised that we we went that route and I, I, I agree with you, Lisa. I think we fed into uh, what Sean Dyche probably would have wanted out of the situation. Uh, Holly, what, where was the game from your view? What do you make of it? Just had a obviously we we may or may not go into it in a bit more depth later about the whole um song that wasn't played say no more um it just kind of felt something wasn't quite right from the minute one for me it was just as Lisa said we're completely playing into Sean Dyche's hands I mean just pumping balls into the box which is never going to go anywhere um it just I remember standing there and just thinking this is just a terrible advert for the Premier League but anybody anybody watching this at home. Um, I just feel really sorry for you because it was such a terrible, terrible, low quality game of football, almost farcical at times. It was like bearing on sort of League One territory. It was just, as Lisa said, how how do we get there? How do we go from that wonderful Villa performance, decent against Brighton, to be fair, and then just let back a million different meters just to that I mean it was just awful awful to watch it was at times you know it was just like what are we watching um and just feeling really despondent and you know at the the final whistle when the boos rang around um I can understand why personally didn't boo but I understand why and I think it was more for the team performance than Cooper I'd like to think the majority of us are still behind him but there's also a sense of what now really um and I wouldn't ever want to watch that football match again. Didn't watch much of the day. Never do when we lose anyway. But um, came away just feeling utterly frustrated and fed up, to be honest. Yeah, it was all a little bit desperate, really. Um, just nothing clicked. Nothing clicked in that game. And even in those last few minutes, it just didn't... Murillo was our best player by a country mile, in my opinion, on that day. And there was maybe two minutes in added time where he was absolutely blowing. And that's insane that I'm looking at a centre-back blowing out his arse and I'm like, well, the game's gone. That's it. <laughs> like, we've, we've well, it looked like his legs were completely... He looked like his legs were completely gone at one point. I honestly thought he was he was totally dead and buried. Next thing you see, you turn around and he sprinted 40 yards up the other side and then he's clearing it off the, off the line. I mean, the guy is an absolute machine. Um, yeah. So hats off to him, really, but... I think him and for me, him and Alang were the only ones, and Gibbs White in places that actually just looked like they were bothered, to be honest. Uh, right. Well, we'll touch on some of the individual performances in more detail uh, in the not too distant future. Dan, were the boo so loud that you could hear them across the pond? Um, honestly, not to be honest. Um, I think I switched off as soon as the final whistle went. So that's. Um, but yeah, it's. I, I agree with everything that's been said, and I'd say it's you know. I, Often you look at games last year, there was a couple of games we lost 3-2 at home, similar pattern, similar time of year, well, a bit later, but 
kind of similar thing where we went in, you know, we went off a couple of bad results. And I just, before the game and before the team news, I just thought to myself, oh, we're kind of, we do a win for whatever that's worth. Um, team news again, yeah, I wasn't too enamoured with from perspective of trying to, I don't want to say playing Chris Woods going physical, but it dictates a certain style of play that I think Everton would have preferred rather than like, you know, false nine or, or whatever else we could have done. Um, I, it feels like equal parts everyone's fault, whereas last year you could kind of pin, you know, the Bournemouth defeat, even though it wasn't great, if it was a McKenna back pass that went, you know, awry and those things. It just feels at the moment like, as you said, things aren't clicking. And the only thing I can kind of pinpoint that on is something that I can't take credit for, but someone shared how, you know, stats on how many um, games our players have played who started on on at the weekend um, for Forest, and the number is if you take Yates out of the equation for the weekend, the numbers like in the teens. You know the average appearance per player for Forest is like between ten and twenty per player, and the, that means that they've played even less games together. You're probably talking a handful um, total for that team shape. And Everton's was like two, three, four times that from from what I remember. I don't know if you've got the stats, but. Um, we're just playing teams in the same vein we were playing them last year, which is as soon as a transfer window is done, the next 10 games are all a, a kind of a mishmash of trying to work out what we're doing. And I still feel we're in that phase again. Yeah, that gelling phase that has just been on repeat season after season. And we've been quite lucky, really, when when you think about it, about how strong we've come out of those phases. Because for most clubs, it just wouldn't. It wouldn't click. Um, I suppose that's what gives me pause around the idea of a new manager because the coach is probably all we've really got going for is when it comes to stability. Um, I, I careful what you wish for, really, because uh, any more change, I don't know where that goes. It it, it feels like flipping a coin uh, potentially. Um, for for me, but. In reference to players who've not played a lot of games, uh, Murillo has only been a professional footballer uh, or a senior uh, professional footballer since, what, April uh, in Brazil? And he is absolutely setting Trentside alight with his performances. I don't want to rush anyone out the door, but I will be absolutely gobsmacked if he is here beyond the summer. Uh, he looks destined to play for the likes of Real Madrid, uh, a team. I don't want to say Man City because that's just horrible. But you know, a team that play like them uh, that could do with a centre back with that mobility and that desire uh, to play with the ball at his feet. Uh, he don't have a lot of appearances, Dan, but he's just a natural talent. <laughs> so uh, maybe maybe uh, a lengthy spell in the team isn't all it's cracked up to be. Sometimes it might just come down to a bit of desire and hunger. Uh, Murillo, Lisa, reckon we'll have him for long? No. Um, you know, I mean, how how we got him in the first place is is quite astounding, to be honest. Um, but he just looks so assured and was one of the positives I was talking about. You know, he came out of that game head and shoulders above the rest of them. Um, and he was the only one that looked like scoring. And um, again, he he is just that he's he's going to be that next big money transfer out of the city ground. Um, that funds the, the next transfer and and unfortunately we are a selling club at the moment we have to be we have to keep the books balanced um and yeah I mean Saturday for me 
just slightly off topic, was the first time this season that I felt like we've missed Brennan uh, talking about big money transfers um, and having somebody of a similar ilk. You know, you can't re- you can't say we replaced him with Sangare because we didn't. You know, that's not that wasn't it's not a like for like replacement. Did we replace him with Murillo? Well, given given the the fact that he's doing those rampaging runs forward, looks like he's got some pace about him and uh, and seems to be the only one that's got his shooting boots on. Maybe we did. Do you know what that shot that he had right at the end of the game that got parried away by Pickford? It was so eerily similar to the uh, first. Was it the first Brennan goal last year? Yeah, it was his first goal in that game. Uh, Yeah. Parried out to that that far left edge of the of the six yard box, and you just say, "Go on, Brennan, put it." Oh no, yeah. Uh, I, do you know what? I I I said at the time, I I take the money. I don't necessarily regret taking the money, but you just have a feeling that actually in that game we did need a player like that who would have um beaten them for something, just one thing that they didn't have, which would be a raw pace. Um, oh well, <laughs> Polly. The chance that I was hearing coming from, it was certainly from the lower Bridgeford. I don't know whether it was maybe the main stand as well, uh, but you'll never beat Murillo was ringing around the stadium at one stage. I don't always like players getting bestowed legendary um, chance and status before their time, uh, but he's, the kid's already got a highlight reel that maybe justifies that. Were, were you uh, part of that crowd? Oh, absolutely. Very much enjoyed joining in on that one. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just going to enjoy him while we've got him. This wonderful little jewel in our crown that we have. Um, and it's only, yeah, we say it's only going to be a matter of time, isn't it, until um, until he leaves. I mean, think about we've gone in, what, seven years from watching Matt Mills try and play out from the back to having the genius of uh, of Murillo you know that's how far we've come so I'm just going to really enjoy it and, and take it for what it is and just hope that he he slowly progresses as well because let's not take away from the fact that we have shipped a, a shed load of goals in the last few games and he is meant to be a defensive player so he's not completely infallible but you know what he does have he really shines and yeah can't wait to see more of him and just maybe Slightly, although I wouldn't say he was necessarily at fault for the goal on Saturday. Um, but obviously, you know, there's little bits that he can still get better at. And yeah, I'm just I'm just looking forward to seeing more of him. I mean, it was just wonderful to watch. Just an all-round fantastic guy as well. Lovely character. Yeah, long, long may we see him uh on the banks of the Trent. Um, Dan, unless you want to add anything into Murillo I was going to mention the goal uh for me I was watching that and I'm still scratching my head as to why Serge Aurier was uh determined to play absolutely every player on side he was getting so ready to be on that inside back post before the ball had ever reached Dwight McNeil uh I don't know what he was doing so from the good part of the defense to the bad part of the defense uh what's what's the issue at the minute as far as you see it yeah, I think there was a. It was either it must have been just after the goal, I think, or maybe just before it. There was another case where um, they did get caught offside, and they replayed it on TV over and over again. It was, you know, it wasn't VAR or anything, but they were just showing the replay, and you see Ori just look over his shoulder and go, "Shit, I might be playing him on," and then step up far too late. So not only are you playing the guy onside, you've also turned your momentum in the opposite direction. Um, 
So I can only again put it down to I know the, the cliche word of gelling, but there's clearly something not a lie. It's a team game after all. So usually when you see individual errors, it's usually linked somewhere to a general misunderstanding. You know, there are genuine errors, but then there are things where you look at that and go, well, obviously there's not a clear understanding of where they're supposed to be playing the line, or it is just a a um, lack of concentration. But I, I think I've said this before, there were moments last year where Aurier got away with things and other people got the blame because he was out of position and it led on to other things, etc. But because he's such a character and because he scored some goals like the one at Chelsea, I think he, he kind of got away had a license to get away with a bit more, but I, I'm not a massive fan of him at all um, compared to the other options we have. Um, I know there's plus and minuses for everyone. It's easy to say in hindsight, but I, I don't like the balance with him in the team. But then what do you do? Who who should uh, be starting in that role then? Well, we've got about three World Cup winners on our bench, haven't we, or something in our full-back position. I can't remember how many we've got, but um, we spent good money and good loan Play, uh, places on what eight fullbacks in one shape or another. Um, so to be left with the same choice as we had last year, um, to me suggests either we've been very unlucky or we haven't made the right signings. But we had Toffolo and Aurier at the beginning of last year, and we've had I think since then six fullbacks come through the door. So obviously we have either not been buying right or we've just had bad luck with other situations. Choices is the operative word, I think, and we're recording this the night before. We'll head to West London to take on Fulham. Uh, the first problem I'd like to get your guys' thoughts on in terms of those choices is the striker role. What do we do? Uh, Ari, the number nine. Should Origi finally get a start? Do you continue with Chris Wood, although maybe there's a question mark there now carrying a knock? Uh, or do you go false nine? Uh, I will throw this one open to the floor. Does anyone feel passionately that they have the solution? And that probably says it all. Uh, God, I don't Someone's got to go. Someone's <laughs> got to go. Um, right, well, Lisa, I think go on then. of those options, I think the, the I mean, Origi didn't even touch the ball on Saturday. Um, and, I, I, you know, he's, he's the one that scored the wonder goal against... Everton for Liverpool so uh, but he wasn't given a lot of minutes um, do we go with him is is tomorrow a must win game that it's the, is it the right choice to start him um, if Wood is injured which potentially he, he could well be um, I'd be really I'd be really tempted to go with the false nine um, and start with Cho and Alanga in there with uh, Morgan Gibbs-White but um, you, we are really limited in terms of but what we do, um, we just we just need to get some points on the board. Um, I know that's pretty obvious, but um, we've got to stop this rot. And uh, we're we're not creating stuff. If we are if we are going with Wood, we need players that are going to play to his strengths and not play to other you know, other people's strengths. We can't play the same game that we play play when we've got Tywo in the side. He is a massive massive miss. We know that. Um, Yes, we need to recruit in January. We we probably did anyway. Um, and I think that's the frustration for me that ultimately if he needed that operation in the summer, why didn't he have it? True. Good question. Um, that does leave us with a big question mark over do we not just need a striker? Do we need a first choice striker? Because it's the second season on the row that Tyro has had a significant injury that's kept him out for a... a 
important period of time and certainly not an, an unsubstantial length of time. Uh, but his performances on the pitch would mean for me that he's relatively unchallenged as as the first choice. That's probably not a good position to be in. Holly, what would you do about up top? Because bear in mind, January doesn't tend to lend itself uh, to people making the the signings that tend to last. Jan- January tends to be emergencies and reactionary kind of signings, not the ones that stick. Yeah, it's like it's notoriously really, really bad, isn't it? Really, really bad period to get a, a striker in. Um, yeah, yeah, we need one. We need someone that's well, what striker isn't injury prone, but it looks like it's going to be a tricky one with Taiwo. He's shown so far, as you say, that you know he's not he's not completely injury prone. So I saw today that um. I don't know whether it's true or not, but that Arsenal were looking at potentially getting offers for Enketia. Someone like that would be fantastic. But other than I was just thinking the other day, who the hell would we actually be looking at um, in this window as a potential striker? I mean, it's going to be really, really difficult, isn't it? But but yeah, we're absolutely threadbare now, and we definitely need someone to take those reins because I just can't I can't see us relying on Chris Wood if we're not, especially if we're not going to be playing to his strengths. Rigi has just been poor so far. I can't see him being the replacement. So yeah, without a doubt, we've got it's got to be first on our, our uh, New Year's list for 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 sure. I think Garassi was a name that I've seen randomly linked to us so many times, and now the the chat is that Man United might be sniffing around him, uh, along with other clubs. Uh, Dan, anyone top of your wish list or any recommendations? Um, sorry to be completely murky dismal, um, but. The, I don't think we can support another striker financially. So it's all well and good saying we need one. I think that's true. Um, but we spent, what, 15 million on Wood? Taiwo was best part of 20. And um, we've got Origi on, on loan, admittedly, but on sizable wages. Um, so something's got to change. And I'm not sure we're getting our money back on any of those. So we've made our bed and we've got to do something else with the system. Um, as much as I like the, the kind of false nine idea, um, I just think it doesn't get the best out of Morgan Gibbs-White. And I, I wouldn't say what we're doing now does either. We're either playing him out on the right-hand side or you know, out on the wing, let's say, and it doesn't work in this system, or we're putting him through the middle, but asking him also to be the false nine as well. So if, if you're really saying, like, what would I do as a guy sat in New Jersey with no experience in coaching, I'd put a Langer through the middle and work it out behind him because... If you look at the goals we scored earlier in the season on the break away from home, um, you know, Manchester United, Arsenal, etc., it was Alanga and Tayo's pace. And if we're not got Tayo, I think we should use Alanga centrally and uh, mix things up a bit, try and go back to basics on the counter because the experiment of trying to play football is fine uh, as long as you've got your best players. And if you've not got Tayo, I'm not sure we can do it. Fair. Right. So does everyone agree with that then as a starting point? Because I'm going to try and knock us up an 11 for tomorrow night at Fulham. Alanga up top. Would anyone argue with that? Fair. No, right. argu- no argument. The, 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 it's an, I saw an interesting stat today about Ilanga actually, that his goals and assists um, are on a par with where we were with Brennan quite a long way into last season. Um, so... He, he is possibly one of our most frustrating players as far as I'm concerned, that he just seems to have, you know, 10 minutes in him where you think, God, he's exciting. And then the rest of the game is just pretty mediocre. Um, and there is a there is a reason that Man U sold him. 
Um, I think at one point on Saturday, in my despair, I actually said I'd prefer to have Jesse Lingard in the side than him, and everyone around me laughed at me. So um, it was, uh, it, but, but I actually would. Um, I think, you know, Jesse, if a fully fit Jesse could do the job. Um, but we don't look back, we look forward. So, Fulham. Fulham, in goal, who are we going with? Is, is Vlash staying in or are we going back to Turner? I don't think you bring Turner in away from home. Cool. So, uh, Ozzy, I, really, but... I could be really naughty and say it depends what the big screen says. Oof. Hey. <laughs> Boom. Uh we're going to stick with Oddie in goal then. Right, across the back, uh, but I'm not even going to ask the question. Murillo is centre-back. Uh, who is paired with him? Uh, we saw Felipe return at the weekend. We saw Felipe lucky to stay on the pitch at the weekend. Uh, who would you pair with Murillo at centre-back? Dan? All things being equal, near Carte. Holly? Oh, I'm going to be controversial and say bring out Felipe again. Why not? Interesting. Okay, so slight divide. Casting vote, Lisa Fox. Felipe. Felipe. Right, well, that's it. Felipe has it because uh, I just want chaos. So I'm going to stick with uh, Holly and Lisa on that. Right, left back. Any shouts? Got to be tough. Yeah. So off, yeah, he's not really done anything wrong, has he? Fair. He actually, do you know what? Kind of anonymous in the game at the weekend, but also kind of didn't do anything major that I saw that was wrong. He wasn't he... one of the worst players on the pitch, was he? Yeah, I didn't come out of it blaming him. Right, okay, left back taken care of. Right back, we're dropping Surge, right? Surely we're dropping Surge, Holly. Yeah, yeah. I am. Definitely, definitely, for sure. <laughs> Nothing Is that... against him, but he's not up to it. Is that Aina coming... Right back in, or is it Nico? Or well, Montiel, the forgotten man? I'd go for Nico, personally. Um, now, did you yeah. play for Fulham? Might have a point to prove. Yeah, good shout. Yeah. Lisa, you've got a, you have a bemused look. Would you go with Nico, or are you going back to Ola? It depends what formation we're going to play. Um, but I think, I think I'd go back to Ola. Fair. Do you know what? I'm running things tonight. I'm saying Aina. Uh, he, he he makes that cut. I think Nico will be a bold shout given the lack of minutes he's had outside of playing for Wales. Um, right, midfield then. So we've got we've got four at the back. Uh, midfield three, is it? Are we going with standard? Um, I I have to say Dominguez has to be back in that team. I think we've missed him massively and you can point to a goal at West Ham that was definitely his fault but I'd have him back in a heartbeat and I'm not going to accept any arguments guys he's in that one's done uh who would you guys like to see in the midfield Mangala yeah oh. Dan do you agree do you concur yep I'd have Mangala in yeah there we go right so we've got two of the three sorted that's just that third spot uh is it Sangare? I think it's got to be. He's not yeah. really... Again, he's one of those players. He hasn't really done anything other than arrive with a hefty price tag. But I've still not seen him really do anything wrong either. He didn't just... get the ball a lot on on Saturday, but what he did with it was pretty decent. Um, and I had a bit of a we had a bit of an, an argument with the, the guy that sits behind us who um, was very passionate on, on Saturday. Um, and... Sangare got blamed for everything, which 
he admitted later was just a little bit, you know, out of order. Um, but he, I think, you know, he's another player that is getting to learn the way that we play. And, you know, we've, we had players last season, Lottie didn't hit the ground running, um, that, you know, so I think he, he will be quite significant for us. Um, so, yeah, he gets my vote. Fair. Uh, it can't be Yatesy. I'm sorry. He had his moment at the weekend and I absolutely love the lad, but he just didn't do anything with that that moment for me, um, which is a crying, crying shame. Uh, right, Dan, we have two spaces left in this team uh, to bolster the attack alongside Elanga. Who's your first candidate? Uh, MG Dub. He's in. He's now known. Is he playing just, is he playing a wide role or is he playing off? I would love him to be central, but I'm not sure we've got the um, the luxury of being able to play him where he needs to play, unfortunately, because him or Alanga up top, I'd definitely go Alanga. So um, whether it's a old school Christmas tree, I don't know. Maybe depends who else people pick, but MGW and another number 10 behind Alanga is a nine, maybe. So a bit more narrower than usual. Fulham's a small pitch. I think it's, I want to say it's the smallest in the league or second smallest. Ours is the biggest. So you're not going to play the same game. Fair. Polly, firstly, do you agree with MGW making that starting lineup? Yeah, absolutely. I saw talk of taking him out um, today, but no, he's got to be on there for me. Um, yeah, someone, to... someone seems very certain that he might even not be playing tomorrow night. I'm telling you, if Steve Cooper's job rides on tomorrow night, I cannot see Morgan Gibbs-White being dropped. That, that would be ridiculous. Uh, okay. Anyway, so alongside Morgan Gibbs-White, who is the other... Wide man, no. Joe, I mean, I feel like yeah, I feel like he, he he came in like a poised ballerina at the weekend. Just looks so composed, can uh, turn on a sixpence, and is always very very calm. Uh, yeah, he'd walk into the team for me as well. I think. Um, right. So that team then we'd be playing pretty much a four three three variations on the formation but in effect four three three uh oddy in goal Aina at right back Murillo near car oh no Murillo Felipe at center backs and top on the left midfield of Dominguez Mangala and Sangare and then a front three of Cho Morgan Gibbs White out wide and Alanga through the middle right are we all agreed is this Steve Cooper's team tomorrow night fantastic rival team yeah Fantastic. I will hit send and he will uh, file that team with the referees uh, before kickoff. Right. We haven't got that much time left, sadly. Prediction for tomorrow night, guys. I'll just whip this one round. I am going for a 1-0 win away from home that saves Steve Cooper's job. I don't know if this is rational. I just think I want it. Dan? I'm, I'm going to go the opposite. I think things are going to get worse before they're going to get better. And just as we've had a few dodgy results, I reckon tomorrow might be our Leicester away from last year and then there'll be a full galvanisation after that and we'll go on the up. But I think we might get beaten by a couple tomorrow, unfortunately. Interesting. Dan's rolling the dice. If you believe the rumours, that means Steve Cooper's out and then we're at the weekend with, I don't know, Andy Reid maybe. Uh, Holly, weekend. Uh, Well, tomorrow, what are we going with? I think there'll be an upturn, but it'll only be slight. Um, so I reckon we're going to draw the next couple of games. So I reckon tomorrow will be a one-all. Okay. Cooper keeps his job for now. Lisa, what happens tomorrow night? Uh, we don't lose both fullbacks with it. Uh, sorry, both centre backs within seven minutes is what my prediction is going to be. Um, I'm with Holly. I think I think it'll be a one-one. 
1-1 that sets up an agonising weekend. Uh, fair enough. Right, do you know what? Let's rattle through it and also go for the Wolves prediction then off the back of it. I'm going to say nil-nil away from home and that'll be a good result. Dan? Yeah, point one one. Point one one, Holly? At Wolves? Yeah. 2-2, two, 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 I'm going. 2-2, two, two. Lisa? 1-0, penalty, Morgan Gibbs-White, boom. Oh, that'd be so satisfying. Oh, I'd love that to happen. Uh, right, one final prediction then. We're going to get back together maybe in a week's time. Is Steve Cooper in a job? Dan, go. Yep. Dan says yes. Holly? 100%, yep. Fantastic. Love the positivity. Lisa? Yep. I don't believe you, but I will take you saying it out loud. Uh, <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. Don't we all? Don't we all? Well, apparently we don't all, but everyone here does. Right, Dan, you've got two minutes for Guess the Garibaldi to wrap this show up. Uh, we're bringing it back. Take over the reins, mate. All right, we're going to do it all in one go. I'm going to fire through the clues. I'll give the clue. I'll leave the pause. If you want to jump in with a guess of who it is, go for it. If not, I'm going to move on. We'll do it quickly. All right, so this is a player, a forest player. Not necessarily current, but a Forest player nonetheless. Born in Germany and having played the majority of his football there, he joined Forest while we were in the Championship. Born in Germany, played his football in Germany up till then, joined us when we were in the Championship. Anyone want to guess? Eugen Bopp. Nope. Ah. Any other guesses? I'll move on if not. No, not Scooby. He made more appearances for our reserve slash B slash academy team than he did for the first team. Felix Bastians. Nope. Ah, <laughs> I'm tapped out of German players. <laughs> All right, we'll keep going. A right back by trade. He has made over 30 international appearances for his country at full senior level, scoring against Zambia, Nigeria and Libya. Process. Okay. Right back, 30 international appearances, scored against Zambia, Nigeria and Libya. Right back. And is he German? Uh, he's played in Germany and was born oh, in Germany. Oh, that's where you've had me. Okay, right, okay, right back. I mean, the nations that he's played against makes it sound like he might be uh, from an African nation. You're, you're warm, yep. Ugh. Right back, played in Germany, bought from Germany. Last clue. Yeah. After joining Forrest from Olympiakos, that doesn't really narrow it down, folks, he made a permanent move away from the city ground this summer to Switzerland. Oh, he's from Tunisia. He's from Tunisia, but I don't remember his name. <laughs> Oh, my God. It is. <laughs> so he's moved to Switzerland now. Anyone got it? No. Still no. Mohamed Draga. Uh, oh. Right. Well, that was it. That was the Forever Forward podcast. We'll, we'll be back next week, guys. Hopefully, Steve Cooper's in a job. Love you. Bye. Hey!